Say of me, for the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. I want to do a little two-part teaching today on your mouth. Your mouth is the steering wheel of your life. Say it with me. My mouth is the steering wheel of my life. Have you ever read the book of Proverbs before? You know, a, a good practice is to read a proverb every day. You can get through the whole book of Proverbs in a month. And man, I tell you, you can glean some wisdom in the book of Proverbs. Solomon was wise. And because Solomon was wise, Solomon also was rich. But Solomon did not seek to be rich. He sought to be wise. He sought understanding so that he could lead the great people that God had led him to lead. All of you are leaders in your own right. You're leading someone. You're leading somebody, if not just yourself, under his leadership. And so the wisdom of God will prevail in your life as you apply it into your heart. The Bible says that out of his mouth cometh wisdom. So Solomon, being a wise man, had much to say about our words. Listen to some of these. In Proverbs 12, 6, you don't need to look these up. It says that the mouth of the upright shall deliver them. The mouth of the upright shall deliver them. This is not talking about you being a fast talker like you were in the world. (laughs) Trying to get out of something. This is talking about you as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, speaking God's word and experiencing a continuous flow of deliverance in your life. Also, he said in Proverbs 12, 14, that a man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. Proverbs twelve eighteen says this, that the tongue of the wise is health. One translation says that the tongue of the wise brings healing. This is a good one for all of us to remember. Proverbs 13 and verse 3, He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. For death and life are in the power of what? Of the tongue. Proverbs 14.3 says this, The lips of the wise shall preserve them. Amen? So when you align your heart and your mouth with God's word, there is preserving power in that. And it is the will of God for all of us to be preserved. The word preserved means to be kept intact or to kept whole until Jesus returns. That's what Paul writing to the church of Thessalonica meant when he said that the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Say with me, I'm going to keep my mouth and I'm going to keep my life. Proverbs 15.4 says this, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, 
Proverbs 15.4 says this, A gentle tongue with its healing power is a tree of life. Proverbs 15.2 says, The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright. Proverbs 16.23 says, The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. And then lastly, in verse 24, it says, Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. I cannot think of any more pleasant words than the word of God. You should always be speaking God's word. God made us speaking spirits. He made us in the image and likeness of God with creative power to say what he said and to see what he said come to pass as he watches over it. His words are pleasant. His words are pure. His words spoken in faith, the Bible says, they're sweet to the soul and health to the bones. God's word will bring peace to your soul. They're sweet to the soul. We should not be talking about how worried we are and how bad the economy is and how much of a fight there is on the right and how much of a fight there is on the left. We need to get out of that category of thinking and speaking and we need to get into kingdom consciousness and kingdom thinking and kingdom speaking and awakening thoughts and speaking words of life for they will always dominate the laws of sin and death. Amen? Amen? Your mouth and my mouth It is the steering wheel of our life. Turn with me this morning to James, the third chapter. How many of you are believing with me today? We've had such a sweet presence and move of the Holy Spirit already. I can see that this is going to be most likely a two-part message. But let's pray and ask the Lord to speak to our hearts in this time that we have. Father, in the name of Jesus, speak to our hearts through your word. Put a watch over the words of our mouth. We guard our hearts diligently, for we know that out of our hearts proceed the issues of life. In Jesus' name. Verse 1 says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. That's James chapter 3 and verse 1. And then moving down into verse 2, it says, For in many things we offend all. Have you ever offended anyone with your words? Have you ever offended yourself with your words? For in many things we offend all. But notice this. If any man, that includes everybody in this auditorium today. If any man offend not in word. The same is a perfect or a mature man. And notice this, and is also able to bridle the whole body. In other words, is also able to control the whole body. The NIV says it this way. 
We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who has never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. I like that. The message says this. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of their life. I was reading after Mark Hankins. Anybody ever heard of a struggling preacher by the name of Mark Hankins? We call him Ha Ha Hankins because he's one of the premier joy guys in the body of Christ today. But in his book, I read this the other day. He said this. He said in a recent study, a leading neurosurgeon discovered that the speech center of the brain exercise dominion over the entire central nervous system. He found that different parts of the body respond with stimuli to corresponding parts of the human brain. However, when the speech center is stimulated, the entire nervous system responds. What does this mean to us biblically? This means that when someone says, I'm weak, the speech center sends out the message to your whole body to prepare it to be weak. That must be the reason why the Lord said, let the weak say, oh, come on, let's try that on for size. Say with me, I'm strong three times. Hallelujah. You know, medical science thought they had something new, but it's been in the Bible all the time. It's been in the Word of God all the time. In 1 Peter chapter 3, in verse 10, it says, He that would love life. How many of you love some life? And see what kind of days. He that would love life and see good days. Well, by your response, that's 100% of us in this auditorium. Nobody here wants to have a bad day. Every one of us want to see good days. That's our plan. That's our will. That's God's will. And here's our part. If we're going to love life and see good days, we must refrain our tongue from evil. Or refrain our tongue from speaking bad or wrong words. And his lips that they speak no guile. If you want to see good, you got to speak good. If you want to have good, you've got to declare good. And God's word is always good. You are on safe ground if you're speaking what God's word has to say. It positions you for days of heaven upon the earth. Say it me, seeing good, good. I I must speak good. The opposite of good is evil. Now, when you think about evil words, oftentimes your mind, your brain goes to slander or cursing or using the names Lord in vain or vulgarity. But evil words 
are not just in that category. Evil words are words that are contrary to the Word of God. That's why he said over in Ephesians, he says, let no corrupt or evil words ever come out of your mouth. Think about that. If that would become a reality in our lives, that would qualify us to be mature or perfect, wanting nothing. I like the Amplified, it says, let no foul or polluting language. I submit to you this morning that fear can pollute your life. That's for sure. Words filled with doubt and words filled with fear are pollutions. It can cloud your consciousness. It can disturb your vision. It can rob you of peace. You know, when you think about over there in Numbers chapter 13, where God said to the 12 spies, I want you to go out and possess the land that I've already given to you. Two of the 12 brought back a good report. A good report was in alignment with God's word. But 10 out of the 12, the scripture says, brought up an evil report or a bad report of the land. And even though God said they were able to go in and possess it, they said, we be not able because there's giants in the land. Well, I got news for you. The same giants that were in the land then are in the land today. The same devils, demons, and evil spirits that tried to keep them out will try to keep you out. And the worst thing we can do is live our lives by constantly bringing up the circumstance. Constantly bringing up the pain. Constantly bringing up the evil report of the lack. No, God said, I've given you the land. Now it's your responsibility to bring up the good report, God's report, and say what he said. Oh, that's good preaching. Listen to this scripture in Proverbs 15 and verse 30. It says, the light of the eyes will rejoice the heart. In other words, what you see here, what you know down here, it'll make your heart happy. And a good report, what does it do? The older you get, you want your bones to be fat. Having fat bones is a good thing. Fat bones is different than a fat belly. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Now, the voice translation of that verse says this. Good news revives the spirit and it will renew health. Good news. Good news in your heart. Coming out of your mouth, it will revive your spirit and it will renew your health. You do know that it's the will of God for your youth to be renewed like the eagle? Amen? I'm standing on that. I'm standing on that. I'm 67 years old. I'm not planning on retiring. I'm not planning on wrinkling up. I'm not planning sitting at home all day wondering what I'm going to do, what I'm going to eat, when I'm going to go to Walmart. 
I'm not going to wait for somebody to pick me up and take me to some senior citizen sort of event. No, I'm going to make my own event. I'm going to make my own party. Amen. And you should be the same way. Amen. 75, 85, 65, 55, it's just a number. I said it's just a number. It's just a number. And I ask you this morning, whose report will you believe? Will you believe the report of medical science? Will you believe the report, oh, everyone has this and everyone needs this and everyone's going south? No, we will believe the report of the Lord. Somebody says, the report of the Lord, what do you mean? You've got to look to the report to find out what it says. So you can apply it in your heart. So good news revives the spirit and it renews health. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. I was reading after Dad Hagen this past week. A little mini book called Words. One of the greatest book on words I've ever read. He said this. Did you ever visit the sick? Did you ever listen to them talk? If you do, many times you can find out why they're sick. Now, I quoted dad because I didn't want to take ownership of that, but I found out it to be true. Proverbs twelve eighteen. we need to look at that. We quoted it early, but let's look at that. This is really important. Say it with me. My mouth is the steering wheel of my life. See, if you don't like the direction your life is going, you might need to turn and change the direction you're going with what you're saying. Amen? Amen. Proverbs twelve eighteen says this. Wonderful verse. It says, There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. He went on to say, You're not going to have health unless you talk health. You're not going to have abundance unless you talk abundance. You're not going to have joy unless you talk joy. A lot of mornings I wake up feeling like 30, 30 miles of muddy road. I look in the mirror and I say, bless God, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by how I feel. Then I go out into the hallway and something happens. I go in the hallway and I start saying, Whoo, the joy of the Lord's my strength. The Lord's the strength of my life. Today I will be stronger than I was yesterday. And something begins to work. See, He's working in you when you give Him something to work with. But if all you give Him something to work with is doubt and unbelief, God doesn't work with that. Doubt and unbelief is foreign to Him. And it should be foreign to your nature as a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now, I understand and I realize that this takes training. This takes time. You're going to catch yourself saying some things that are contrary to the Word of God. Well, join the club. We all have. But just being aware of that is the first step. 
And then being willing to make the change and to make the adjustment. I can't tell you how many times I've prayed for crop failure. What do you mean crop failure, pastor? Your words are like seeds. And your heart is like the ground, the earth. And whatever you sow into your heart is what you will reap. Whatever it may be. Faith or fear. Doubt or power. Whatever you plant in your heart, you're going to eventually have a crop. That's why some of you, before you go home today, need to pray for crop failure. I'm serious. Because whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. We could say it like this. Whatsoever a man saith. Whatsoever a man saith, that shall he also reap. Because your words are seeds. And Jesus said, you can have what you say if you believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth. Amen? Charles Capp said this. He said, my people, I've told my people they can have what they say. And my people have turned around and are saying what they have. Well, as long as you say what you have, you will always have what you say. If you want to change what you're having, hey, start changing what you're saying. Amen. If you want to change the kind of crop you're having, start believing God to get some new seed in there into the new creation of your heart. Somebody says, I'm connecting with this. Jesus name. So speak right words over your body. Let's try this one on for size. Say this with me. Every organ. Every tissue of my body functions in the perfection to which God created to function. And I forbid any malfunction in my body in the name of Jesus. Body, I'm talking to you. Body, I demand that every organ perform a perfect work. For you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Therefore I charge you. In the name of Jesus. And by the authority of his holy word. To be healed. And made whole. In Jesus name. I resist the enemy. In every form. That he comes against me. Body. I'm requiring you. To be strong and healthy. And I enforce it with the word of God. I reject the curse. Because I'm redeemed from the curse. And I enforce life in my body. Do that for about seven days in a row. Anybody ever been to a doctor before? One of the first things. A doctor does, when he examines you, is he says, stick your tongue out. Uh, Stick your tongue out. That's much the same way that God does when he sees a problem in our lives. Hmm. Yeah, I I see the problem. It's written all over your tongue. It is the speech center, is the dominion 
of our lives. Your words will make you or break you. Your words will determine the boundaries of your life. Your words can limit you or they can loose you. James chapter 3 makes it very, very clear. Look at verse 3 right on through verse 5. Hallelujah. I believe God wants to give some of you mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. (laughs) Where he just breathes his word into your mouth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. James chapter 3, verse 3. Now look at this. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships which they be so great and they're driven of fierce winds yet are they turned about with a very small helm whithersoever the governor or the captain listeth or turneth. Verse 5, read it with me. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. My tongue is to my life what my steering wheel is to my car. If I head down Hesperian Boulevard today and I head toward Oakland and I'm trying to get to Union City and I'm going north, Brenda's going to say, what's the matter with you? Where do you think you're going? Well, I'm going home to Union City. She'll say, boy, this ain't April Fool's Day. Turn this car around. She wouldn't say it like that. She'd say, oh, honey, turn the car around. I've got some delicious pot roast at home for you. She'd say, turn around, boy. You're going the wrong way. And some of you husbands have had just that experience. You should have put directions in when you left. Your navigator had to take over. Say it with with me. My words are the steering wheel of my life. Now let's pull up the message translation. We're not going to preach a lot time longer because we've had such a, a move of God and such great exhortations. But I want you to look at James 3 verses 3 through 5 in the message. It says this, A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small utter on a, uh, rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. Then go right on verse 6 through 9. 
It says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it does what? It defiles the whole body. Continue to read right on verse through verse 10. Go ahead, read. Okay, let me start in verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defiles the whole body. And setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea, is tamed, and has been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. And people stop there. See, I can't help it. No man can tame the tongue. That's why he's given us the Holy Ghost. That's why he's given us the third person of the Godhead to come into our life and become our spiritual trainer in what words we should speak and what we should say in life. Say with me, thank God. For the Holy Ghost. Verse 9 and verse 10 says, Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. What this is saying to us this morning is this, is hell itself can inspire the tongue. And turn something into a raging fire that you do not want. But heaven itself and the Holy Spirit himself can inspire your tongue. Where not only you can bless your life, but you can bless everyone around you. And you can bless people by the thousands and even the millions. What is it that should be coming out of our mouth? I'll tell you what it is. Blessing and blessing. And more blessing upon more blessing upon more blessing. Look at Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 and 21. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. How many of you like your belly to be satisfied? So stop talking about you don't have enough to eat. What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? Where am I going to be clothed? Where am I going to live? Here's the scripture says right here. A man's belly, we could say it this way, a man's life shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth and with the increase of his lips, what's going to happen? They shall be filled. So what this is saying to us this morning, if we want to experience increase, we are to speak only increase. And notice verse 21. Look at this verse. Many of you know it. Some of you have never seen this before, but look at this. This is a life-changing scripture. In verse 21, it says, The death and life are in God's hands. Well, that's true, but that's not the whole truth. Death and life, he says, are in the power of the tongue. We could say it this with me. Whether I experience death, whether I experience life, whether I experience cursing, 
or whether I experience blessing is in the power of my tongue. In other words, what I say has a lot to do with what I experience. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's when you made Jesus the Lord of your life. You chose to side in with his finished work and believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I got a question for you this morning. Does it matter what we say? I'm not convinced. I'm going to ask you again. Does it matter what you say? I'm going to ask you one more time. Does it matter what you say? The next question is this. How much does it matter? It's a matter of life and death. Because death and life are in the power of your tongue. Here's your assignment as we go today. I'm assigning you to speak words of life over your body. I'm asking you all week long to speak words of life over your mind. Don't talk about how forgetful you are. Don't talk about the possibility of you having Alzheimer's or losing your mind. Talk the word. Here's what the word says. I've got a sound mind. The Bible says I have the mind of Christ. I want to assign you scriptures like Isaiah chapter 26, which says, I'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon me. Wake up tomorrow morning and say, thank God, this is my day of perfect peace. This is my day of perfect peace. I'm, gonna not, I'm not going to let anything shake me. I'm not going to let anything move me. And when things try to take me down the wrong path into that ditch of despondency or that ditch of worry and fretting, I'm going to go the other way. I'm not going there. I'm going what with God, what, what God's word says. He's going to keep me in perfect peace today. Did you know that you can speak to your soul? And I also want to assign you this responsibility. All week long, speak God's word over your finances. Has anybody ever worried about money before? There's three honest people here, okay. See, you need to replace that worry of lack with the faith of abundance. It's it's as simple as that is you replace those thoughts with God's thoughts. And what are God's thoughts about your abundance? What are God's thoughts about your needs being met? Well, I can think of a few. One being, today I will delight myself in the Lord, and He's going to give me the desires of my heart. And this day, I will contend for my need to be met according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. See, if you don't like what you see, call it like you want it. Amen? That's why I said we walk by faith 
and not by sight. Faith will always call those things which be not as though they were. The things that may be not, may not look good. That's why you need to turn it and change it. If it's sick, call it healed. If there's lack, call it abundance. If there's torment, call it peace. Amen? Amen. Call those things which be not as though they were. And lastly, I want to assign you this. I'm asking everyone all week long, not only to speak faith-filled words over their body, their mind, their finances, but I want you to speak faith-filled words over your nation. This is your nation. These are the United States of America. We could be very, very sad. We could be very, very uh, bummed out about what we may see. But if you're going to live life from a perspective of faith, you can live life by calling those things that be not as though they were. We declare there's unity in our nation. We declare in the name of Jesus that racism is a thing of the past. We declare in the name of Jesus that there is an awakening from the north to the south, the east and the west. We are declaring revival in the United States of America. We're calling it like we want it, not like we see it. And then spend time praying in the Holy Ghost and praising. And I'll tell you what, you'll be well on your way to seeing things turn around in your life. Stand up, everybody. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Lift your hands, lift your voice up to heaven with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I see what your word is saying to me today. And I thank you, Lord, that faith-filled words in line with your word will dominate death, dominate disease, dominate lack. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For those of you who want to pray for crop failure, just join in with me and say, Lord Jesus, Jesus, I've seen in your word word that I can have what I say. I can have what I sow. I'm asking you, sir, for supernatural crop failure on all words contrary to your word. And from this day forward, I will speak the word only. I will say the word only. For I've discovered that death and life are in the power of my tongue. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Come on, let's lift up hands and give him some praise.